Hello and welcome to another episode of Everybody Hates Your Brand, the podcast for all things marketing. In this episode, we talk about why marketers shouldn't be afraid to cut their losses. Every marketing agency I've ever worked for claims to have some proprietary process or processes that are designed to give clients reassurance that the agency has a plan that they'll work through when presented with a marketing problem or a brief. These processes are reassuring, adding structure and a clear path for any client. It makes the agency look smart and experienced. We've been through this before and here's our battle-tested process that only we have, they seem to say. While most agencies will try and layer some eye candy on top to give it that proprietary feel, most of the time it's window dressing on a process that's usually based around some variation of the four Ds. Discover, design, develop, deploy. Now that all sounds very logical, right? And it is. It works. It's a great way forward for delivering a marketing strategy, a tactical plan, a suggestion for a new loyalty program, or launching a chatbot. All that said, I think there's a problem with it. It misses out a stage. Destroy. It's imperative that during the process of designing, developing, and deploying, you have the ability and clear-headedness to destroy what you're creating if it isn't working. Agencies want to show the best case and positive thoughts only. They want to assume that whatever they're tasked to produce will, of course, hit the objectives set for them by the client. You don't set out to fail after all. But I would suggest having destroy as an explicit step through your process is crucial. It'll act as a break in the process and force you to assess what you're doing. Marketing professor, brand consultant and provocateur Mark Ritson agrees. In one of his Marketing Week columns, he talks about the need for marketing teams to have the gumption to kill brands or products that won't or aren't working. The idea is that marketing represents the customer to the organisation and that we should bring some objectivity to the process. He states, Sending a company 10 million quid by stopping a shit product from being launched is just as valuable as making the same amount from a successful launch. We just don't think about it that way in marketing, about the brands we killed, the products we destroyed, the money we saved. There is a stigma about killing products that we need to get beyond. It can be an emotional thing to destroy something in which you have invested your time, effort and money, especially if you built it as part of a team and a collaborative effort. The idea of quote unquote losing that investment can sometimes mean that people continue down a path that they shouldn't. There's a name for that phenomenon, actually, the sunk cost fallacy, which builds off the idea of loss aversion. This quote from Nobel Prize winning psychologist and economist Daniel Kahneman sums it up quite nicely. All too often, a company afflicted by sunk cost drives into the blizzard, throwing good money after bad, rather than accepting the humiliation of closing the account of a costly failure. In this situation, the choice is between a sure loss and an unfavourable gamble, which is often unwisely preferred. So what's the bottom line here? Well, it's simple, really. Never be too scared to destroy something that you know isn't working. Make sure that it's built into your process because sometimes things don't go according to plan. As hard as it is to let something go, remember the phrase from writer and Nobel Prize laureate William Faulkner, kill your darlings. to Rob Recommends this week. Well, another Mark Ritson column in Marketing Week and another set of interesting and provocative thoughts. This week's column, which I'm recommending you have a look at, 
covers the idea of new evidence being published that shows that while sales-driven ads deliver few long-term brand benefits, brand advertising achieves both short and long-term effects. We've all been taught the marketing orthodoxy created by Binet and Fields, or Binet, never can get that right. The idea that to succeed, a marketing plan needs longer-term brand-building elements that reinforce memory structures by generating emotions and tying back back to the brand, you know, building future demand essentially. This then needs to be supported by shorter-term sales activation work that drives direct action uh, and drives sales from current demand. The two work in harmony and you need both to succeed. However, the long part of it has always been hard to justify, especially to finance departments who love the immediate hit of sales from sales activation work, who want to see ROI in the short term and don't buy the longer term argument. I've worked for CFOs who've given me 12 months max for any returns on all marketing, which is patently daft. We know longer term growth comes from brand building, but there's not been a reason to believe that within finance teams until now. Ritson quotes Peter Drucker in his article as saying, you have to produce results in the short term, but you also have to produce results in the long term. And the long term is not simply the adding up of short terms. Ritson's column focuses on work done by uh, the ad tracking firm System One. And here's a quick outline of their shtick, so to speak, from the website. Um, Creativity can be tested. It affects can be predictive. That's where System One comes in. Nobody predicts the commercial impact of creative quality better. Nobody helps you more to improve an ad without killing its creative spark. Our job is to bring accurate evidence to your creative decisions, letting you know quickly and confidently what will happen when your marketing meets the market. So using its near real-time database of almost 18,000 ads measured over the past four years, it gives each ad, um, using a representative sample of its audience, a short-term spike rating and a longer-term star rating. What becomes apparent is that the Ads that do great at generating a high spike rating don't necessarily translate into generating great star ratings. It's hard for a highly action-focused sales ad to do that, although not impossible. But of the ads with a maximum five-star rating, 98% had above-average spike ratings. The long does deliver the short. This revelation could reframe the debate with CFOs. According to System 1's Nick Williamson, CFOs are often wary of the word long, with the potential perceived implication of waiting months or even years for a financial return on the ad investment. But our data shows that in 9 out of 10 cases, when an ad delivers a strong brand building effect, it will also be successful at driving short-term sales. When seeking sign-off of budgets, CMOs might increase their chances of success by framing their proposed campaigns as lasting rather than long." End quote. So maybe, instead of the long and short of it, we reframe the choice between lasting and fleeting. Sounds a lot different when you frame it that way. There's more to the article, obviously, and I urge you to check it out. The link is in the show notes. The other thing I urge you to check out is a webinar I did a couple of weeks back with the lovely people at B Corp Certified Webmart. They're an award-winning marketing agency who create unique integrated campaigns while supporting our planet through charitable donations and green initiatives. They really do walk the walk. The session was on optimising marketing spend during a recession, and along with my fellow panellist Tim Frick of Mighty Bytes, we covered a lot of ground. I did my best to sound authoritative and informative, and I hope it worked. You can judge by yourself by watching the YouTube or by listening to this clip. I've also dropped the link into the show notes. As I mentioned at the start, we have a challenging macroeconomic environment at the moment as we head into a recession. And as we've experienced um, in our careers and over the previous decades, as soon as recessions hit, marketeers tend to worry. Marketing is often budgets that get cut. 
um, and ensuring we have an optimized marketing spend is, is obviously vital in this period. But uh, maybe if we start off with you, Rob, um, as we enter a recession, what, what do you typically see that happens in the world of marketing and what, what should marketers be aware of? Well, I would say what usually happens and what should happen aren't necessarily the same thing. So uh, what happens a lot is that uh, CFOs, I won't say panic, but they start to get a bit worried about margin and revenue and all those kind of good things. And um, in my experience, some CFOs see marketing as a cost center rather than something that invests and creates growth. And as a result, they start to peel back um some of the marketing activity that happens they'll peel back usually start with um what uh les Burnett and peter field who wrote the long and short of it which if you haven't read read it's fantastic uh would describe as brand building work the longer term brand building activity that is the sort of foundation of long-term growth and they'll start to strip that out because it doesn't have as an immediate roi as something like what sort of sales activation work, like whether that's digital advertising or search or whatever those, those kind of things are. And they start to pull back on that and they start to pull back maybe even across marketing as a whole. But history shows us, and there are many, many case studies uh, of this in the, in the many recessions that I've, I think probably two or three recessions I've been through in my life, that, that actually maintaining your spread spend in marketing, if possible, especially on brand building activity is what sets you up for growth when the recession inevitably, he says, crossed, fingers crossed. Anyway, inevitably recedes that people cut too deep too fast. And there is a real benefit of not going dark, not switching off your marketing in the, in the crisis and then try and light, relight the fires again when recovery comes because by then the people who haven't turned off their marketing spend are already already ahead of you it's a it's a hard um it's a hard thing to have a conversation with a cfo that says we really should at least try and maintain what we're doing um mm. but that's that's the biggest mistake I, or the biggest thing i think people see is they they kind of panic and cram up which actually is not not history tells us it's not the right thing to do So that's it for this episode. Next time out, I have to have a couple of fascinating interviews that I've lined up for you. Until then, take great, great care and be vigilant.